If there is one man that can bring this country together, it's Gareth Southgate, and I'm all for it. I'm Charles Commons. I'm Neil Edgerton-Scott. And I'm Danny Brothers. And this is It's All Euro 2020 to me. We're back, back again. The pod is back. Tell a friend. Like, seriously, tell just one friend about us. Loads of you, of course, already have. So, thank you once again for that. Uh, straight in, loads more messages have come in since yesterday's pod, including this one from Mike Fuller, who says, Great pod, guys, but Danny's It Means Nothing to Me comment in the Austria episode didn't get enough recognition. I've always liked Mike Fuller. And to give him his Always full, to give him his full name, Germany fan Mike Fuller for the duration of this tournament. I picked Germany out of the sweepstake, but yeah, thank you, Mike. Appreciate that. And Mark Johnson tweeted us to say, "I was in Dublin once with a group of mates for a twenty-first birthday piss-up weekend, where we bumped into a very drunk Irish bloke. I know what a surprise! That's not shot me, him in a dodgy off-the-beaten track pub. Anyway, we were all stood at the bar talking about football, and this bloke pipes up with the you lads, England fans, potentially setting ourselves up for a kicking. We all nodded and awaited our fate." I think to everyone's surprise, this bloke then told us how he was in fact David Batty's best mate. I still to this day would love it if this was a true story. Just as we were wanting to explore this brilliant yet bizarre claim, further, the bloke then asked for our thoughts on Sven. At that point, we hadn't long crashed out of Euro 2004 and Sven wasn't at the top of our Christmas card list. So I think we all just grumbled about him. Then the conversation took a slightly more worrying turn where the bloke says, totally stony-faced, and I actually think deadly seriously, offered to do away with Sven for 20 euros. (laughs) Our obvious reaction was to try and laugh off his comment slash offer slash threat, but he repeated it again without a hint of irony or jest. At that point, we collectively politely declined his kind offer, sank the rest of our pints and got the hell out of there. That's incredible. What a story that is. I mean, imagine. I think it has to be true because what sort can't of, make that up. What sort of yeah, what sort of person would go to a pub and pretend to be David Batty's mate of all people? <laughs> Surely he's famously a recluse now, David Batty, isn't he? He well, is. Maybe he's been done away with for twenty euros. <laughs> <laughs> there was a story doing the rounds that someone was on a night out and bumped into David Batty and said, "Oh, your shit. How are you a footballer?" Kind of thing. I could do what you could do. Apparently, David Batty took a fifty quid note out of his wallet and set it on fire and said, "Yeah, but you can't do that, can you?" Oh. <laughs> maybe it's the same Brilliant. person who bumped into his best mate. Maybe it was David <laughs> Batty. Maybe it was the same night. We've also had another review, uh, this time from Stewpot. Make sure you go on to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever they want to call it these days, and leave us a nice five-star review. Uh, we'll read all of them out. As ever, Charles, Danny and Neil bang their collective football minds together and discuss Euro 2020. 
even though it's 2021 now. Lots of unknown facts and figures unearthed with many interesting stats. I've even bought a couple of packets of stickers so I can play along with my own five-a-side team. Well done, lads. Up the England and fuck the Scots. Ooh. That is the review Ooh. from Stupart. Thank you very Sorry. much for that. <laughs> Remember, we're at Euro 2020 to me on Twitter, and you can email us at Euro 2020 to me at gmail.com. Speaking of which, Danny, yesterday we said that the first person to email us would win five packs of Panini stickers. So how many emails did we it's a, get? It's a big prize. I mean, Huge I've been, prize. <laughs> you can imagine that sort of prize just got all the emails fluttering into the inbox. Three, fluttering. Charles. <laughs> three. three. Three emails into the inbox this morning. Shall, do you want oh. me to tell you who was first and who wins the prize? Yes, first and who wins the prize is the best one. Oh, by the way, what did they have to do? They didn't just have to email. Oh, no, they? no. They had to email with the email title of Does Pele Shag Around? Uh, so three people did that. Matthew Crane was the first one. Oh, well done, yeah. Crane. Well done, Craney. Firstly, made me ruffle quite a lot this week when he said in our Slack channel, um, <laughs> he's rooting for Ukraine because if he takes the letters M-A-T-T off his first name, uh, it, it essentially says Ukraine. I delivered that really poorly. That's you did. That's, I was trying to That's be wrong. So, so just take. You did it wrong. Matt. You didn't deliver it. M a t t h off his name. <laughs> yeah, I'd add it yeah. to Ukraine. It looked better in writing. Let's face it. I'm should. still, I'm still laughing at emails fluttering in. I've really enjoyed. They fluttered. <laughs> really enjoyed it, like a little butterfly. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Do you want to know what Matthew actually said as well? Yeah, we said, we as long said, as you don't fuck it up, I'll try not to. He says, hi, boys. In answer to your question, Pele says, get it in. <laughs> Great detective work on the stickers. Uh, then he says, can you give me some advice on who to pick for my Euros fantasy team? I've had a look at the players list and I haven't got a clue. No, oh, hang on. Yes, I can do that. Ooh. Let Ooh. me just go tips. to my Dark Horses page. <laughs> oh, pick the Netherlands. <laughs> Charles is going to come back with Rude Van Nistelrooy. That might be one. We might need to go back to that question when we do our our Panini five-a-side team reveal, because that's probably a bit more relevant then. I'm not sure that's what he means. (laughs) Oh, what does he mean? (laughs) No. He means the actual fantasy football game, I think. Oh, the actual... He wants actual fantasy, doesn't he? He Oh, you mean he's asking the wrong people for that? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I would definitely go for... Yeah, uh, Frankie de Jong. There we go. Go for him. Yeah. Chiesa, oh, uh, Chiesa from Italy. It's my Federico Chiesa. Oh yeah, that's my big tip. Um, Italy. Who did Kepa's been called up for Spain, hasn't he? <laughs> no, he's in, <laughs> so he's in the yesterday. reserve list. He's in the little five man. Oh, he's in the backup yet, squad. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Harry <laughs> Kane. I get Harry Kane in there. If you want a cheap one, Jason Denier of Belgium. Four and a half million on the game. Get him in there. Mm. I've got some more tips, Matt. DM me. Jump. Drop. Drop me a DM. I'll give you some help. Danny, Danny's. Pimping himself out and inviting people yeah. to slide into his DMs. I love it. Flutter into him. I'm them. loving it. <laughs> <laughs> we also got an email from Brian Wills, by the way. He, Willsy. Oh, Willsy. He said, does Pele shake around? Just a little bit too late, though, Brian, unfortunately. He says, hi, chaps. Thoroughly enjoying the pods. In reply to Neil's question, he hasn't shagged me. Hope that helps. <laughs> <laughs> and if England lose to Scotland, if England lose to Scotland, Charles, I'm holding you personally responsible. Which I think is that what Brian be. said? That's what Brian said, yeah. Well, it's not going to happen, is it? Well, Just chill out. All of you chill out. It's your fault, It's in Charles. the bag. Three points. There. 
The positive news here as well is we can strike one off the list of Pele's accomplishments. So, you know, <laughs> that's it's very true. So, there's a notch that he didn't put in his bedpost. Yeah. <laughs> and we had one last one from Mike Richard. It's Charles, I think oh. you know him. Mike Richard, I do he know says, Mike. Yes, he hi, says, Mike. hi, gents. He says, hi, gents. Thanks for helping me get into the Euros fever. I have to admit, I haven't listened to the football ramble, so I have no idea how much better shitter highbrow slash lowbrow you are in comparison to them. Definitely lowbrow. Um, with regards to the Pele thing, I would say, yeah, he was probably a bit of a shagger, but his desirability took a hit due to erection difficulties later in life. <laughs> Keep up the good work. As someone who loves a tournament but not a huge fan of modern football, I still play Championship Manager 9798 religiously. I love hearing of Euro legends of the past. What about Euros 11, who had a good tournament, but who had unremarkable, unremarkable club careers. Oh. Off, the top, off the top of my head, oh. Hal Robson Canu and Colin Kazim Richards are two oh. I can think of. That is a that is a great a, question. That needs a pod on its own. I think it does. Yeah. It does. Oh, one of the off days. tournament pod. Yeah, Post one of the days off. We get, we can we? Oh yeah. Can we just go back to the, go the line? Uh, what was it? A top shagger. <laughs> That he said about Pele? I think so, yeah. Incredible. <laughs> I, Neil's in his element here because for the last three years when we've been doing It's All Cobblers to me, Neil has wanted to get this question put to us on the pod every single episode <laughs> we've recorded. It always finally, gets edited out. <laughs> every single always. week I edit it. Finally, here we are actually discussing it. Brilliant. He's loving it. The explanation, just for for people, because it does seem a bit random, doesn't it? The explanation behind it is from Badil and Skinner's when they used to do their their fantasy football back in the day. They actually did a phone-in vote asking, does Pelé shag around? (laughs) What did the vote say? I can't remember. I can't remember, Danny, but I would imagine it was... Find it on YouTube, Danny. It'll be there somewhere. I'd imagine it was a high percentage yes. Absolutely. I, I, I guarantee it. Um, just very quickly, after yesterday trying to start a bit of a beef with uh, with the football ramble, they, they didn't take us up on that offer. Um, there was no tug of war to be arranged. So today, uh, I, I'm calling out the Guardian Football Weekly. <laughs> Max Rushton, where are you? Come at us. Uh, Max Rushton actually <laughs> came on the pod once. Uh, he did? Well, to discuss not Cambridge one, United. Yeah. No, not this one. Yeah, to discuss Cambridge United. But um, even there, uh, gone above us now. So, oh, don't. Yeah. Right. Club football's done. Tournament football yes. is where it is at. Um, Gareth Southgate, boys, uh, to be serious for a moment, um, penned a lovely letter in the Players' Tribune that came out, I think, yesterday. Um, quite long, so I'm not going to read all of it, but... It is basically going through how he feels or what he feels it is to represent England. And he says that the idea of representing Queen and country has always been important to me. We do pageantry so well in Britain and growing up, things like the Queen's Silver Jubilee and Royal Weddings had an impact on me. Because of my granddad, I've always had an affinity for the military and service in the name of your country, though the consequence of my failure in representing England will never be as high as his. My granddad's values were instilled in me from a young age, and I couldn't help but think of him when I lined up to sing the national anthem before my first international caps. My belief is that everyone has that pride, and that includes the players. What is sometimes forgotten is just how much it means to the players. 
players are fans too, after all. That's how it starts. It starts with kids sitting in front of TVs with wall charts and heroes. Undoubtedly, we're in a different era now where footballers aren't as accessible to fans as they once were. They don't ride the same bus home from games or meet in the pub for a pint in a post-match analysis. But despite all the changes in modern football, what cannot be questioned about the current generation of England players is their pride in representing this country. The idea that some players don't know what it means to play for England or don't care has become something of a false narrative. You don't need to dig deep to realise that. You only need to see what I see when an under-15 comes into St George's Park for the first time or when a senior player arrives on their first call-up. The pride for them, their families and their communities back home is huge. The journey to an England cap is an incredibly difficult one, regardless of background or circumstance. Only around 1,200 players have represented England at senior men's level, ever. It's profound privilege. Don't forget many of our lads started out at football league clubs like Barnsley, some team that shouldn't be there called MK Dons, and Sheffield United. Their backgrounds are humble. For them to make it to this point as one of the chosen few in England's history, well, it simply doesn't happen without pride. This is a special group, humble, proud and liberated in being their true selves. Our players are role models and beyond the confines of the pitch, we must recognise the impact they can have on society. We must give them the confidence to stand up for their teammates and the things that matter to them as people. I have never believed that we should just stick to football. I know my voice carries weight, not because of who I am, but because of the position that I hold. At home, I'm below the kids and the dogs in the pecking order, but publicly I am the England men's football team manager. I have a responsibility to the wider community to use my voice, and so do the players. It's their duty to continue to interact with the public on matters such as equality, inclusivity and racial injustice, while using the power of their voices to help put debates on the table, raise awareness and educate. So, he then asks, why would you tag someone in on a conversation that is abusive? Why would you choose to insult somebody for something as ridiculous as the colour of their skin? Why? Unfortunately for those people that engage in that kind of behaviour, I have some bad news. You're on the losing side. It's clear to me that we are heading for a much more tolerant and understanding society, and I know our lads will be a big part of that. It might not feel like it at times, but it's true. The awareness around inequality and the discussions on race have gone to a different level in the last 12 months alone. I am confident that young kids of today will grow up baffled by old attitudes and ways of thinkings. For many of that younger generation, your notion of Englishness is quite different from my own and I understand that too. I understand that on this island we have a desire to protect our values and traditions, as we should, but that shouldn't come at the expense of introspection and progress. Regardless of your upbringing and politics, what is clear is that we are an incredible nation, relative to our size and population, that has contributed to so much to the arts, science and sport. We do have a special identity and that remains a powerful motivator. In a funny way, I see the same Englishness represented by the fans who protested against the Super League. We are independent thinkers, we speak out on the issues that matter to us and we are proud of that. Of course, my players and I will be judged on winning matches. Only one team can win the Euros. We have never done it before and we are desperate to do it for the first time. Believe me.
But the reality is that the result is just a small part of it. When England play, there's much more at stake than that. It's about how we conduct ourselves on and off the pitch, how we bring to people together, how we inspire and unite, how we create memories that last beyond the, the 90 minutes, that last beyond the summer that last forever. I think about all the young kids who will be watching this summer, filling out their first wall charts. No matter what happens, I just hope that their parents, teachers and club managers will turn to them and say, look, that's the way to represent your country. That's what England is about. That is what's possible. If we can do that, it will be a summer to be proud of. And that is Gareth Southgate. Group F, boys and girls. Let's go to Group F. Who have we got in Group F, Danny? Uh, it's Group of Death. DF. It is. If that's what you can, we're going there. Who haven't we got in this group? Um, oh, England. Num- numerous teams. <laughs> 20 teams, but plus a load of countries that didn't qualify, plus a lot of the, countries that are on a different continent. The but favorites. Anyway, it's the the favorites. favorites. France. They're in there. They're right in there. Worthy right. favourites, I think. Fair to say. I, I think so. I think I so think they, too, yeah. they have to be. Uh, they were showboating the other night. I was watching them against uh, Uncle Bulgaria. No, actually, I'm not going to call them Uncle Bulgaria. They don't deserve that t- title. Um, they, they were playing that team. Um, I think they only won. Oh, they won three 0 in the end, but they were showboating. It was like a peacock showing off with his feathers. Oh, really? It was. Uh, especially Olivier Giroud popped in. He's not made it though, has he? In the squad, is he not? Why is he playing? No, Giroud's out. Is he? He scored yeah. twice the night, did he just... Did he really? They were talking... Well, I, I'll say this. I, I, I got this information from another podcast, but they actually said that Giroud's not going to be there. He's on my list. Benzema has taken his place. Ah, he's on my list. Maybe he meant, they meant in the starting lineup, but he's definitely maybe. You can't maybe. have a tournament without Olivier Giroud, Charles. There's <laughs> only five hey, goals away from hey, topping... We, we did it in 1996, pal, and that went all right. He's <laughs> only five goals away from topping Thierry Henry as the all-time record French scorer. Is he way. really? Yeah. Go on, Olivier. Your Come mentioning on. of Olivier Giroud, by the way, so I just... Mm. While you were saying he's not there, I, I Googled it in incandescent rage, thinking, <laughs> of course he's there, Charles. What are you on about? Um, however, it, it, we've solved that problem, but while Googling it, People, you know, when it asks, people also ask, mm. did Olivier Giroud play 90 minutes without touching the ball? <laughs> <laughs> and yes, yes, he did. When he was Amazing. playing for Arsenal, I'd imagine, yes. Yeah, he played 90 minutes without touching the ball. That's some going, isn't it? That is impressive. It is. It's very impressive. That's more impressive than scoring a hat trick. I think it is. I mean, how would you go <laughs> the whole game without touching the ball? It's, it's, yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Like you'd think you'd, t- you'd kick off or something. You'd almost, you'd almost have to actively avoid the ball, I'd imagine. Oh. Does it say where and when that happened? Or? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll delve deeper into the story if you'd like, Danny. Go on, uh, go for it. Um, he holds the record. Link. He holds the record. Uh, and actually, during uh, the the last World Cup in Russia, uh, he played five hundred and sixty six minutes of action without a single shot on target. Good start. So there you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go indeed. Anyway, France are good. 
France are good. <laughs> they are. With, a, with or without Giroud. They are probably good. without. Probably better without, I'd say. But, but um, Benzema got injured the other night, didn't he? He did. Which yeah. um, caused Giroud to come on. Got his chance. Was it dead leg, was it? Okay. Benzema? Dead leg. Didn't look too serious. Because he's only just been recalled from the wilderness. Well, we the say recalled, but didn't he... <laughs> so, yes, he was in the wilderness. He was put in the wilderness, wasn't he? But... Didn't he then sort of basically say, well, if you're not going to pick me, I'm going to retire from international football? And then this summer turned around and said, do you know what? Actually, I quite like to play. Oh, wilderness either way. Self-imposed or... Way. Otherwise. Yeah. yeah. Okay. France are good though, aren't they? I mean, their squad is magnifique, I think is the Oh, look term. at you. Look at you with your French dictionary. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh au bord de la mer. Oh, oh, hello. Oh. Uh, La Chassettes. <laughs> La Chassettes. Uh, Le Discothèque. I'm trying to remember what I learned. French Eric school. Saban. <laughs> <laughs> More uh, did, you see, More. did you see the video of them? I think they were maybe on a plane or a bus. Yes. And uh, Antoine Griezmann was playing... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I apologise. I'm so sorry. You need your wafer.com, uh, mate. He, he was playing um, football manager uh, as Newcastle United, and he was showing um, Mbappe that he'd won something like five Premier Leagues, he'd won the FA Cup, and, and the Community Shield, he added at the end, <laughs> as if that was something to behold. Um, and then he said, was it he was going to pay something like 136 million to get going to buy Mbappe him, yeah. to go? Yeah. And Mbappe's million, yeah. response was just to say, where? Newcastle? It's not very warm there. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there like crazy rumours that Newcastle were going to sign him when they had that takeover? No. Yeah, yeah, there was. Ago. Really? Yeah, <laughs> it's like mocked yeah. up pictures of yeah. Mbappe in Newcastle shirts. It's hilarious. Imagine Mbappe <laughs> rocking up at St. James's Park. <sighs> I mean, that'd be ridiculous. Do you know how that that would be as ridiculous as watching a manager just scratch and sniff his own testicles live on TV? Yes, it's Yogi's last stand. <laughs> it is. Here we go. Here we this go. is what we're really here for. I've been waiting for Greek after this. Uh, yeah, if you don't remember, um, <laughs> um, Euro 2016, five years ago, uh, Yogi Loew, um German manager, well, he, he had a bit of uh, a bit. I don't know. What would you call it? Scratch and sniff. That's what you call scratch it. Scratch and sniff. He did. All it reminds me of, right? And I know, you, I know, your filthy mind, Neil, is going to go straight somewhere that it shouldn't. But do you remember Red Nose Day back in maybe the nineties? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Do you remember little, the little... scratch and sniff little booklets? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, None think... of them smelt of anything other than plastic. I think. Everyone's done it, right? Everyone's had a little scratch here or there and had a little whiff of their fingers after, right? You, you, everyone's done it. You check under the armpit. Oh, that's a bit stinky. Oh. Everyone's, don't do it if you're a football manager on the touchline in a game that is televised. Use your brain. Well, you've got a camera pointed at you yeah. the whole game. Use your brain. It's just so subtle, the sniff of it. It's like he's going to scratch his nose, but you can clearly... And then he goes behind and he goes, he goes to his yeah. ass as well. Yeah, he goes to his ass. <laughs> Oh, it's incredible. I wonder whether I mean, it was maybe a bet. Do you? What was the? There was an FA Cup tie maybe last year or the year before, where uh, was it a goalkeeping coach or somebody or the pie. was going to the eat pie, a pie? Yeah. 
Maybe it was like that, and it, it was. It doesn't bet. seem like someone who would do that for a bet. Oh, Yogi! No, it's not the greatest of bets either, is it? No, no God, no! I'll, bet, I'll bet you. <laughs> do you think he's only stayed in the job just so he can get over that and like create a different image of himself before he bows out? He oh, wants to own the just... narrative. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. He wants to win it, and then everyone will forget about the ball scratch. Well, that's not going to happen, is it? It's not. I, no, not for us. <laughs> he, what he should have done, he's, he's, he should own it. So every game from now on, he should do it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You know, when, when the managers come together at the start, and normally they shake hands. I don't know what they're going to do now, what with Corona. Maybe it's an elbow bump or something like that. Maybe what he should do is, as he walks up, he just scratch and sniff, yeah. and then <laughs> a nod, and walks back to his yeah. bed. A sage nod of the head. My, my <laughs> games. Get right into them. <laughs> uh, so that's uh, Germany. Yeah, that's it. That's um, his, it's his last tournament for, for the Germans. Bless. Bless. Um, Portugal. The Germans will be good, though, won't they? I don't know if they will. I don't know. think they will. I'm not. I'm, I'm not completely convinced yet. They will, they when I, you can't write them off. They're always good. <laughs> when you look at this group, and you've got the World Cup holders and the European Championship holders, I and, think and you know where this is going and where Germany are going to be. They're not going to be getting out of this group unless oh, no. they, it is through a out. best third they'll, they'll get, get they'll get they'll get through don't forget that do you think the, the last three tournaments they've semi-finals semi-finals and finalist mm. so they're they'll, always they'll there get out. thereabouts they'll, they'll like do hungry in i think and then just get enough goals and points to go through and then they'll probably go and win it but as a third place team yeah, as a third place team yeah. yeah yeah okay yeah there's only there's only three there's only three Euros that they've partaken in, where they've failed to make it out of the group stages. All the other ones, they've either been semi-finalists, finalists, or won it. Hmm. Well, let's make that four, shall we? Mm. Yogi, come on. Yeah. Uh, this is the group that we face if we win the group, of course. You want uh, Germany at Wembley, don't oh, you? Of course I do. Who doesn't want that? Um, Get them in. The Metropolitan Police. I mean, obviously, like we're, obviously, like in an ideal <laughs> world, we, we want Hungary to cause an upset and finish second and us to finish top, but that's not going to happen. So let's just have the biggest say, game. So like, it, come on. Is that what it will be? Is it will be whoever finishes second in this group? We'll play the team who finishes top of ours, which is not necessarily us, but that's what that's what is being plotted because that game's at Wembley, that, mm-hmm. that tie. And that's um, the only guy, uh, the only game that's at Wembley. I think the only so, chance yes. that we've got of playing at Wembley in the next round. Uh, no, so yes, the only chance we've got. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now stop fine. saying Wembley because all I got in my head now is Wembley, Wembley. <laughs> I'm very distracted. Okay, well, let's move on to uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's Portugal. <sighs> then I don't know why you've written this, Danny. We don't need reminding that they beat England on penalties in Euro 2004. I couldn't think Why of anything else. Why would you else? write such a thing? He could. Because it's the Euros. Poor and Danny. Danny's we... actually done some research. Come on. more hammering it. <laughs> I have also followed that by Ronaldo, etc. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. I'll take it back. Carry on, Charles. <laughs> Is Ricardo Carvalho still in the squad? <laughs> He's Ricardo not. Ricardo Carvalho. Jose Fontes, though. He's 37. Oh. Former Southampton. Yeah. Pepe's still there. 38. William Pepe. Carvalho will be in there, won't he? Really? William Carvalho is there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bruno oh, Fernandes. Bernardo Silva. Yeah. Oh, well, Bruno's not going to do anything apart from score a penalty, is he? Ruben Diaz. Uh, set that one up as well. Charles, thanks for that. 
Well, I didn't say against who. I just meant... <laughs> they have got a team and a half, haven't they? They have got a good team. Very, very good team. They have, to be fair. I mean, I, I didn't realise, actually, but when you look back at their former results in the last few tournaments, they've actually done very, very well. And like, and obviously, they won it last time out. I, I appreciate that. But... 2012, they were semi-finalists. Um, they were finalists, don't forget, against Greece, Greece yeah. when it was in Portugal. Oh, the Greeks. What a, what a time that was. Oh. I mean, I'm looking at, looking at their record in the Euros. The first time they qualified was 1984, and they finished. They got to the semi-finals. Then they didn't qualify for a few years. 1996, made it to the quarters. 2000, semi-finalist. 2004, runners-up. 2008, quarter-finalist. 2012, semi-finalist. And 2016, they won it. Right, Charles. Must I marry him? What are you saying, Charles? You want to put your Dark Horse chip down on him? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, they, I was... They fluked their way through, though. Of, in 2016, that was a... They drew all three group games. Yeah, they were... They were they, they were. finished behind. They finished behind Iceland in the group. They, what did they do? They beat Croatia in extra time. They beat Poland on penalties and Wales in normal time to get through, and then won, won in extra time in the final. But yeah, it's a bit. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what like it is. Portugal. I don't know what it is I about don't. Portugal. Yeah, it's just I, I hate them. I don't know thing. why. It's, it's such <laughs> a weird thing. Like you know, when you're like supporting club football, there's always these couple of teams you come up against. You just you've no idea why you hate them, but you just do. Part it's of it's probably Rick. Ronaldo and the old wink stuff. Um. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they're just an annoyance. I think it's Pepe as well. Pepe Pepe's, is, yeah. Has oh, really caused mm. me to dislike them. Mm. The thing is, though, is that for me, they're almost like they're surprisingly good. I don't mean what? this season. I don't mean now. I don't mean for this tournament. I mean their history is surprisingly good because you don't put them in the same bracket as France or Germany or Italy or Brazil or anything, you know, anyone like that, do you? That's that's because they're a bit late to the party though, isn't it? They're, they're, they, his, historically, they've not been particularly great. They've been, I mean, they've, they've had a couple of spells where they've been good, but they've been relatively good for a, a pretty consistent period of time now, haven't they? Um, that's true. I think, whereas historically, the teams you just mentioned, they, you know, back in the the seventies, they were they were still good. Um, so I, I think that's probably why they're a relatively new good team, which is a really crap okay. saying, isn't it? It is. It is a very crap saying. But anyway, um, I want to move on because there's not really much to say, is there, when you get to these sort of teams? However, Hungary. Here we go, Neil. Everybody on the Twitter has been asking. One question. I'm prepared. Don't worry. <laughs> what is the national dish of Hungary? It's, it's goulash. Goulash? <laughs> no. Goulash. 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 Hungarian goulash. Goulash. Pronounced goulash. Are you sure? Yep. Goulash. I've <laughs> okay. got it right in front of me. Goulash. <laughs> oh, lovely. Uh, what is it, please? Well, essentially, it is goulash, but um, <laughs> right, it is pronounced. It is pronounced goulash. Yeah. So there you go. Is it a stew? Uh, it's a cross between the two. So it's a cross between a stew and goulash. So goulash. Uh, it's a steaming bowl of slow cooked beef, carrots, onions, and loads of Hungary's trademark paprika to Ooh. give it a good kick. Oh, that sounds good. Man. 
Our, we should our, do a recipe book of all these, Neil. Neil's recipe book of Euro 2020. By the oh. way, fun fun fact. Well, I say fun fact. Not a fun fact. fact. Just a, a fact. Uh, I have had goulash in Budapest. Oh, I bet you have. <laughs> <laughs> Was it nice? Tasty. Yeah, very tasty. Oh, what did you wash it down with? Nice red? A lot, a lot of alcohol, uh, Charles, if I'm honest, because the one thing about Hungary is the, the, the beer is very cheap. Right. Fair enough. Uh, well, Hungary got through to uh, the Euro 2020 group stages by uh, beating Iceland oh, in the playoff final in stoppage time. So, hey, at least one team we might face can beat Iceland. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, D- Dominic Slobberslai scored the winner, and he's not there, is he? He's you to say. I mean, they've got to a tournament. They're in the group of death already, and now they've lost their best player. It's that's disappointing for them. Heartbreaking it is for for Dominic. Poor old hungry. Absolutely. They have got they though. Um, I was surprised by this. Adam Bogdan, former Bolton keeper. Really? Oh, is he still yeah. going? Yeah, still going. Thirty-three. Oh, that's not that old. Is he only thirty-three? <laughs> Apparently so. 20 caps, no goals, apparently. Surprisingly. <laughs> oh, what a surprise. Have they got anyone else that we, we should know? Should um, Adam there. Nagy of Bristol City. Lives down the road from me. Yeah. Uh, they've got... Uh, no, I don't I don't know who that is, actually, so I can't even claim that one. Willie, Willie Orban. Probably will, yeah. Willie Orban. <laughs> from Leipzig. <laughs> um, Loip. Nigo. They've got a large percentage of Ferenc Varos players, haven't they? Mm-hmm. I think that probably makes sense. It does. Yeah, I don't, I don't know a lot about that team, or indeed Hungary, but these smaller nations tend to may, mostly have all their players from like the one good club in their country, yeah. don't they? That's mm. the way these things tend to happen. Mm. Um so come on then, let's uh, talk about who's going to finish where, who's going to win the group. What do we think, Neil? Oh me, you starting with me? Uh, I yeah, start with you. I will go with I think France to win the group. Mm-hmm. Germany, you maniac! I know, wild. <laughs> uh, Germany to to come second. Ooh. Oh. Portugal to come third, and Hungary to to be the bottom feeders, if you will. Okay, you agree with that, Danny? Uh, no, I'm going France, Portugal, Germany, Hungary. Yeah, I think that's the same for me, to be honest. Germany's defence is very, very leaky. Mm. Yeah. So there you go. That, that's the knowledge of my 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 German team. Germany's defence is leaky. The end. Yeah, yeah, the end. <laughs> that's all I know. So uh, everyone uh, plays bets on Germany to keep three clean sheets. Yeah. <laughs> Hot yeah, tip. no... Knowing me, that's exactly what will happen. You're quite right. Um, so that's it. That's all six oh. groups previewed. Oh, what a ride it's been, eh? Uh, tomorrow, we'll be unveiling our predictions for the Euros and deciding our five-a-side teams based purely on random Panini sticker picks. Oh. So if you want to join in, then go and buy yourself two packs of Panini stickers. They're 90p each. Uh, go and get those and then join in. We'll be opening ours live on the podcast and creating our team of five players that we're going to watch out throughout the tournament 
um, using a, a, a very loosely fantasy football-based system, aren't we, Danny? Uh, yeah, something I scribbled together on the back of a, a packet of Maltesers earlier. Good work. Um, so do join us then. Thanks very much for listening. Keep all your comments coming in to at Euro2020 to me. Um, send us an email. We're not going to give you any more stickers for doing so, but just just prove to Neil that email is not dead. <laughs> Euro2020 to me at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your predictions for the Euros and anything else that has, has rung your bell over the last week. It would be fabulous to hear your thoughts on the pod and the tournament going into it. Until tomorrow, we will see you then. Have a great day. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey.